everyone. You're listening to Health Affairs This Week. I'm Leslie Erdelak. And I'm Jessica Bylander. This is the weekly podcast where the editors at Health Affairs talk about the health policy news and stories we've been following throughout the week. Today, we're talking about some of the latest developments and uncertainties surrounding the availability of mifepristone, one of two drugs used for medication abortion in the U.S., and this follows conflicting rulings that were issued last week by federal court judges in Texas and Washington state. Yes, there's a lot to unpack here. So on April 7th, a federal judge in Texas granted a preliminary injection that basically invalidated FDA's approval of mifepristone while a lawsuit continues to play out. One where the plaintiffs in the case, which is a coalition of anti-abortion groups and doctors, argue that the agency exceeded its regulatory authority and failed to assess the safety risks associated with mifepristone when it first approved it back in 2000. Then within an hour of that Texas ruling, a federal judge in Washington state issued a separate ruling that prohibits the FDA from taking the drug off the market. Um, but the Texas ruling didn't go into effect immediately, right? No. So the Texas judge stayed his decision for seven days to give the government time to appeal. But if the ruling were to go into effect, mifepristone would no longer be an approved drug here in the U.S. The New York Times and other media outlets are calling this the most consequential abortion decision since the Supreme Court overturned uh, Roe v. Wade in June. So this case is getting a lot of attention. Um, But we should note that we're recording on April 13th and just last night. A federal appeals court in Louisiana partly overruled the Texas judge saying that mifepristone can stay on the market, and this means that the drug will remain available as the courts continue to look at the merits of the case. But it does undo some of the FDA's efforts and puts more restrictions back in place, restrictions that could be in effect by the time you're listening to this episode absent any other intervention by the courts, one of the biggest ones actually being that mifepristone can no longer be ordered and delivered by mail, but there are some other limitations set to take effect soon. So this, Jess, this is a very much a developing story. So we're going to do our best today to talk about next steps in the litigation and what's at stake, not only in terms of access to medication abortion going forward, but the implications of this ruling beyond abortion, including the FDA's authority to approve and regulate other drugs. But before we get into that, let's back up and talk a little bit about what we know about mifepristone and these two cases. Yeah, as you mentioned, medication abortions in the U.S. consist of a two-drug regimen. So mifepristone is taken on day one, and another drug called misoprostol is taken one or two days later for pregnancies up to 10 weeks gestation currently. Originally, it was approved for pregnancies up to seven weeks gestation, and court actions may roll that window of time back as well to what was initially approved by FDA. So in the U.S., medication abortions account for more than half of all abortions performed. Um, But even though two drugs are used for medication abortion in the U.S., the recent rulings um, focus more on mifepristone for now. The Texas lawsuit is not the first time FDA's approval of mifepristone has been challenged, but it's certainly the first time these complaints have gotten traction. In fact, the trend in recent years has been toward loosening restrictions around access to mifepristone. Um, So um, we've mentioned 
a bit about that, but when it was first approved back in 2000, the FDA placed a number of restrictions on the product aimed at ensuring that it was used safely. So for many years, the um, two-drug regimen for medication abortion had to be done in a healthcare setting like a doctor's office under supervision by um, the healthcare provider. And you couldn't get these medications at retail pharmacies or through the mail. So that changed over the years. And then notably during the COVID-19 pandemic, um, where now patients can get the medication at certified pharmacies and even through the mail and take the medication at home. They are advised to follow up with healthcare providers at certain intervals, but they're not required to take the medication under their supervision. But as you said, the Fifth Circuit Court's ruling suspends some of these changes. Yeah, and the plaintiffs in the Texas lawsuit, so what they're arguing, um, and you mentioned this before, but they're arguing that the FDA erred in determining the safety and effectiveness of mifepristone. Um, But research has shown that the drug is safe. Um, Nevertheless, though, what are some of the concerns that people are talking about here? Yeah, as with any drugs, there are risks. FDA notes in a black box warning for mifepristone that serious and sometimes fatal infections and bleeding can occur following any type of abortion, including mifepristone use. Um, They note that these are very rare, occurring in less than 1%, um, and millions of people at this point have taken that drug. Um, But they do caution healthcare providers to be on the lookout, to be very um, suspicious of the possibility of an infection such as sepsis. And they also note that another issue may be um, um, adverse events related to like improper use of the drug. So for example, um, administering it um, by a means that was not approved in the label. So in Texas, the legality of FDA's 2000 approval of mifepristone is being challenged. In his preliminary ruling, the Texas judge appointed by former President Trump and who has been critical of Roe v. Wade indicates that the anti-abortion group's challenges are likely to succeed in his court. He attacks FDA's actions related to this drug from many sides, including questioning whether medication abortion offers any benefit over surgical abortion and arguing that FDA should have put more restrictions in place for the drug, not less as it has done over the years. For instance, requiring an ultrasound before administering the drug to make sure that the pregnancy is not ectopic, which is a risk factor for using the drug. The judge says he doesn't second-guess FDA's decision-making lightly, but that's just what the ruling does in spades. A court has never before overturned FDA's decision to allow distribution of a drug, so this is a big deal. So that's what's happening in Texas, which is a lot. Uh, What's going on in the Washington case? Yeah, so in Washington, a judge ordered the FDA not to make any changes that would restrict access to mifepristone, specifically in states that brought another lawsuit against FDA. So just two months ago, attorneys general from 18 jurisdictions sued FDA, but with very, very different goals in mind. So they're seeking to expand rather than narrow the availability of mifepristone. And one of the things that they argued against was a set of restrictions that the FDA decided to continue this year that affects how mifepristone is prescribed and dispensed under the agency's drug safety program. The Washington judge granted the plaintiff's request in part issuing an injunction that prohibits FDA from changing the status quo or making any decisions that would change the availability of mifepristone in those states that brought the lawsuit, which covers most states where abortion remains legal. He didn't go so far as to remove additional restrictions, though. 
But given the contradictory rulings between the Texas and Washington cases, plus the latest ruling from the Fifth Circuit, there's also, understandably, I think, just some speculation that the Supreme Court could get involved, right? That's right. Um, News reports suggest that the Justice Department is likely to appeal the Fifth Circuit Court's order to the Supreme Court. Um, And then on the other hand, the anti-abortion groups who filed the Texas lawsuit might also appeal to the Supreme Court to again ask it to invalidate FDA's approval of mifepristone. Um, But whether the Supreme Court would take up the case with the drug currently still available on the market as of the latest ruling remains to be seen. And what you said earlier, Jess, you know, no court has ever overturned a longstanding drug approval. And like we said at the beginning, there's a lot of uncertainty around what happens next. The Supreme Court's decision last summer to overturn Roe v. Wade opened the door to legal challenges that before maybe seemed improbable. So mifepristone is still available in the U.S., but people are trying to figure out how to prepare for different scenarios as the legal landscape changes and what this means for them. If the case does go to the Supreme Court and the court decides to affirm the Texas judge's decision and the drug becomes unapproved, then it gets even more complicated for FDA and the agency is going to have some tough choices to make. It might surprise people to know that FDA has enforcement discretion to not take any action against anyone involved in manufacturing, distributing, or prescribing mifepristone. And the agency actually has a history of doing this when the risk to the public is low. But whether drug makers or prescribers would want to be involved in producing an unapproved drug, that's a different question. Um, But there are thousands of drug products out there that are being marketed without agency approval. So there's considerable leeway in how um, FDA complies with the court's decision. And even though the case in Texas has garnered a lot of attention as it centers the debate once again on abortion, we can't and shouldn't overlook the broader impacts here for the entire pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, if upheld, the Texas ruling sets an entirely new precedent for the role of the judicial system in um, regulatory affairs, specifically FDA's affairs. The pharmaceutical and biotech industry um, has already come out warning that an action like this would really stifle innovation in the U.S. um, because it adds a new level of uncertainty to the regulatory process. There is a fear that despite going through the hoops to finally gain FDA approval, you know, conducting your clinical trial and and, um, answering any follow-up questions, that that could be taken away at any minute if a court decides to intervene. And then putting the industry's financial concerns aside, of course, there's the uncertainty that patients would then face. You know, will my medication be Um, pulled from the market by someone other than FDA. FDA obviously has the authority to pull drugs from the market itself, but could another entity kind of swoop in and and make that call? So one could really imagine this opening up a bit of a Pandora's box and creating a lot of confusion. Um, It would certainly be an unprecedented new landscape for companies and patients alike. And whatever happens next is going to be highly consequential, I think, as we consider both the future of reproductive health care rights and the regulatory integrity and decision-making authority of government agencies. So uh, that's a great place to wrap up. Thanks for listening to the show today. 
Feel free to leave us a review and subscribe to Health Affairs This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks, Jess, as always. Thanks, Leslie. We'll be back next week.